This week on Erotic Awakening. Kinky monogamy. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Um, I just found your podcast, and I really enjoy it. Um, I was wondering if you could put out some information about completely monogamous BDSM relationships. Um, I'm in one, and it's very fulfilling, but um, I just wanted to know your thoughts and what other people think, and if you have friends that are like that, and sort of the events that they attend, and if they have trouble um, with other couples or other people hitting on them or making their relationship difficult. So, thank you. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Let it not be said we do not pander to our audience. Well, (laughs) when we hear from them, we love to pander to them. (laughs) We had a caller call in, Mm -hmm. or a listener call in, as the case may be, and left us that voicemail. And we uh, actually do have some friends that are familiar with the whole monogamy thing. Absolutely. Spoke to some people, and that's going to be the topic for our show today. Great. Before we get there, though, Mm -hmm. a little bit of old business to cover first. Okay, good. Do you remember way back in episode 27, we spoke with the erotic rock star? I remember that. That was, uh, episode number 27 was called Orgasmic Mastery. Mm-hmm. And as it happened, Destin, who runs the Orgasmic Mastery course, right. invited me to participate in the Orgasmic Mastery online course. Mm-hmm. Twelve weeks of participation later. <laughs> Chick-a-bow. <laughs> Chick-a-bow, indeed. <laughs> So I have to admit that I was a little um, hey. unsure of what to... What is the hey? Is, is that why you've been kicking me out of the bedroom? Erotic self-stimulation. Erotic self-stimulation. Okay. But you know I like to watch. I know you like to watch. Okay. To Never get back mind. to what I was saying. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I have to admit I was feeling a little, yeah, whatever, orgasmic mastery class, mm-hmm. whatever. And um, I have to admit... It's a good class. Yeah? I was impressed. Good stuff? Not only is it good stuff, it's stuff that I already knew. A lot of the stuff is stuff I already knew. Right. Um, I've studied some Taoism. I've studied some Tantra. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the tricks, boy kegels, for those that <laughs> study this kind of stuff, you know, the boy kegels, uh, a little self-stimulation practice. That's stuff that I've already knew about, I've read about. Right. But... What he does is he brings a group of people together to talk about that stuff together and their experience of it together and a a forum to share your thoughts and instant feedback if you're coming into some issues or some troubles. Mm -hmm. I always applaud sharing experience. So it's just good stuff. It worked out really well and it actually helped. It really moved me from the whole reading about it in a book and thinking Mm -hmm. about doing it on occasion to being there on week 10 and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. And then week 11 comes around, and the same group of men are sitting around mm-hmm. sharing their experience of, okay, I went and tried it. Or I didn't try it. Right. And here's my experience. Right. So uh, I'm going to have to give that one a thumbs up. I'm going to have to recommend the Orgasmic Mastery. Class. And the whole gathering of guys together that was done on the phone? Yes, on the okay. phone, via the message boards. Okay. Um, 
via conference call, right? So everybody's on the same conference call together. Right. It gives you the opportunity to review the course material. Sweet. So, so, so thumbs up? Thumbs up. So that is something that awesome. if you are interested in checking out, you can head over to orgasmicmastery.com. Um, yeah, it was worth fun. It was fun to do. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Now, now I get to watch, don't I? Actually, now we get to the <laughs> practice phase with a partner. Oh, yay! <laughs> so, what else is going on? Hey, we got uh, we got to get on the road. We do. We I get... am packing. I've got everything printed out that we need, and all I got to do is pack the bags, and we hit the road. If any of our listeners out there are in the Pittsburgh area, we will be at Burger Munch on Saturday, where we will be doing a presentation called Slutty Sex for Real Relationships. And that is um, not only a lot of fun to do, but it's also one of our more popular presentations. Mm-hmm. Packed in quite a number of people at Kinky College in Chicago for yep. that one. Yep. And I had a really nice turnout at, uh, where else did we do that? Woodstock. Woodstocks. In mm-hmm. uh, Camping Place, I believe. In, in Pennsylvania. Western Pennsylvania. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. So if you are in the Pittsburgh area, that is something you could check out. And as I was looking at what's coming up, in the year, mm-hmm. it made me sad to see that for all the stuff that we are booked at to present, for mm-hmm. everything, all the traveling we're going to do and all the great places we get to go, one of the right. places we are not booked to present is St. Louis, Beat Me in St. Louis, which mm-hmm. is going to be April 9th, 10th, and 11th. Okay. Well, that was a great event when we went to it last time. That was a great event, and for those that are in the St. Louis area, I highly recommend that one. Absolutely. Don and I have the opportunity to go to many, many, many events. And I'm going to say that is one of my top ones. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, it's particularly friendly to the new person. If you are new to these type of events, you don't know what's going on, you don't know where to go, uh, don't know what you're supposed to be doing next, this is a great event for that. They've got the schedule up on big easels and, you know, signs pointing. It it is very much about the signs and pointing you where you want to go. And if you have any questions, there's all kinds of people to ask. Very friendly atmosphere, uh, run by a variety of really nice people. The event producer is a a fellow named Jason, Mm -hmm. fantastically nice person. Uh, We just had a great time presenting there. We did. And that might be one where I might have to go back and just be a participant, just sit in the back and let everybody present for me. Ooh, that would be a change. Be a nice nice, uh, change of pace, all right? Be a nice little vacation. Indeed. Although... Does it strike you as funny that we do about 12 events a year for a vacation? <laughs> We're going to go to another event. event. Maybe we should try <laughs> Las Vegas. Or, or sailing Disney. or something. Disney World or something. Who knows? <laughs> so as, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, we are doing a show called Kinky and Monogamous and Cats. <laughs> I should edit the cat out of that. But, eh. <laughs> doing a show about Kinky and Monogamous relationships and BDSM events and monogamy. and mm-hmm. um, It's not a topic that you and I know a whole lot about, but we're going to do a show anyway because we have friends that know a lot, of, a lot of stuff. Exactly. If you would like a show tailored to your personal favorite topic, which we love to do, so you can reach us um, a couple of different ways. So like we've said before, we are easy to stalk. So we have email at eroticawakening at bluecatservices.org. There's a contact form on our website. Just go to bluecatservices.org and you'll see contact us. Mm-hmm. We have voicemail at 206-309-0054. FetLife, of course, Erotic Awakening. And Twitter as Dan and Dawn. Mm-hmm. 
So, Dawn. Yes? Do you remember the first time that you played with a person that wasn't me after you and me were you and me? Uh... Okay, it could have been that person, or it could have been that person. No, it wasn't those people. It okay. was it was our one female friend who is known in the community as a little bit of a brat. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dead giveaway, apparently. And if I remember correctly, the first time you played with somebody that wasn't me, they put a little... Um, flower on your nipple, mm-hmm. on your breast. With, with clothespins. With clothespins. Yep, I remember that. And for us, this is all very scary and new. Uh-huh. And so after that was over, I remember talking to that person's partner, and I said, well, you know, what's it like to not be monogamous? Because we're still, you know, right now it's just me and Dawn, and we're thinking about dipping our toes in the non-monogamous waters. And he said, no, 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 we're monogamous. We just like touching other people. Yeah, that was a little confusing, and and I think what we figured out was people define it differently. Very true. We came into the lifestyle, I think one of our core principles when we came into the lifestyle was that monogamy was not going to be a big sticking point for us. Right. Now, we've gone through a variety of different forms of Mm -hmm. non-monogamy. Yep, different structures, different forms. But we were never good at being monogamous. And I have to admit that before you... Mm-hmm. When I was in a monogamous wedding, marriage, mm-hmm. I wasn't particularly good about being monogamous then either. Yeah, I'm not admitting to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly had a case of wandering eyes. Mm-hmm. And I will have to admit that when you and I got together, and before we were more open with who we played with, when it was just you and me, right. and we were still in a monogamous relationship, mm-hmm. I can remember looking around, and very specifically, I can remember outside of a post office, Outside of the window, I saw a beautiful woman with rather um, <laughs> large endowments, <laughs> bodacious tatas. There you uh, go. However you want to say it. And I remember thinking, "Oops, I hope Dawn didn't catch me." And I looked back, <laughs> and you were checking them out just as hard as I was. I remember this. <laughs> Some people find that they've decided what works for them best is to be monogamous and still be kinky, that they have got the partner of their choice. Right. They have no desire or need to be with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Or share what they have. Or share what they have. So, well, I'm thinking of it on an MS level. So, you know, MS level, um, I know, and we had a little feeling of this at the beginning as well, and that I was property. And you oh, didn't want to that's share what you mean property. by that. Right. Okay. So... You know, I remember you telling someone I wouldn't give you the keys to my car. What makes you think I'm going to let you play with my toy? Very true. <laughs> no, that's that's very true. What we have found is that there is... Now, I think there's a misconception that everybody that's in the lifestyle is poly mm-hmm. or some form of a swinger or, or don't play with just their partner. Right. And it's very untrue. It's very funny that not too long ago we had a meeting at the house and somebody introduced themselves as non-polygamy. Non, mm-hmm. Non-poly. Right. Because they, I guess uh, my impression is they took it so strange that people are assuming that everyone's poly. Right. So they wanted to specify that they were non-poly versus just saying they were monogamous. Right. What we have found, though, is that these events, you do not have to be anything at these events. Mm-hmm. You certainly don't have to be pl- poly. poly to 
have a good time at these events. Now, our caller had asked about, do you think that there's trouble when people go to these, that, you know, somebody's always going to be hitting on your partner? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's the case? Mm, it didn't used to be, and it feels like it's shifting a little bit, that people are hitting a lot on other people's partners. So... I don't know that I, that I necessarily agree with that. I think that if you take the online experience mm-hmm. as your barometer, you're going to be screwed. Because nobody respects anybody. I don't want to say nobody. A lot of people don't respect each other online. I've often run into topics on FetLife, for example, of people saying, hey, this guy wrote me out of the blue. I'm clearly a submissive. I'm clearly, I've got it on my profile that I am the slave to so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't he be writing my master first? Now, you and I, if this was a real-life conversation and with right. real people, we could easily nod our head and say, yeah, you know, there's mm-hmm. a proper protocol. I notice on these lists, though, a lot of people are saying, oh, no, you don't, they don't have to do that. Or, oh, you know, lighten up. Oh, what's the big deal if somebody's hitting on you? Right. Well, I think it is a big deal. I think that there's a level mm-hmm. of respect and courtesy. And that seems to be one of our, what our monogamous friends imply when we talk to them is that there's just a lack of courtesy. Right. That people don't respect the fact that they've chosen to be monogamous. And even sometimes they say that people look at them funny like they're not really kinky. They're not really right. into BDSM. See, and that's just that's just kind of sad because everybody's got the right to choose how they want to do this. So, you know, if they want to be monogamous, I mean, one of the things that uh, one of our interviewees said was that they don't have as much drama to worry about by being <laughs> monogamous. I mean, hell, there's a point right there. <laughs> I can't deny that one <laughs> at all. Adding more people into your life does indeed add a level of drama, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And you know what's also interesting to me is that everything you and I have done, just between you and I, mm-hmm. is pretty fucking kinky as far as I'm concerned. Yes. You know, in my list, and you know, we, we have this uh, plastic three-drawer thing full of toys. <laughs> you know what? It's more than the three-drawer one. <laughs> I know, because it overflowed into the five-drawer right. thing. So we, we just have all these toys over here, and we just we have a full cabinet full of dildos. We have... <laughs> you know, it just... <laughs> Sorry, visual. <laughs> yes. But there's nothing to imply that, you know, anything where we need another person or two or to share you with someone else mm-hmm. to be kinky or to practice BDSM. Or to go to these events and have a good time. And I've found a lot of our friends that go to these events are monogamous and mm-hmm. it doesn't impact you. Now, I'm not going to say people aren't going to walk up to you and say, hey, do you want to play? Right. Well, it just so happens that there is this armband system that a lot of clubs and a lot of events use to mm-hmm. say, I do want to play with somebody. So you don't get as many random walk-ups as you might have used to right. looking for a hookup. And... A lot of people, you know, you might have to say, no, I'm not interested. But right. people really don't take that as a big deal, right? A lot right. of people are just going there to play, and if you're not interested, they'll say, oh, okay, I move on to the next person. Move on to the next person, exactly. So, But, you know, there's no tags or wristbands or jewelry that we're wearing showing that we're monogamous and we're not up to playing with other people. That's just something people get to learn as they get to know you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, take it as a compliment to start with. <laughs> <laughs> From what I've been reading lately, the issue is not enough people to play 
versus people that want to play or hitting on people that don't want to play. Oh, okay. I don't even know if that made any sense. <laughs> if I edit out the cat from earlier, I'll yeah. edit that line out too. Okay. <laughs> One of the really interesting things to me, though, is as I was studying on monogamy and what people see as kinky monogamy, mm-hmm. right, a lot of people simply don't have the same definition of what monogamy is. To some people, it means they don't allow each other to do anything with any other person. Right. No touching allowed. Other people, though, see BDSM as quite acceptable and mm-hmm. doesn't imply that they're not monogamous. And that was our, our, the friends that we spoke to in, about in the beginning right. of the show. Well, and that would be the category we would have fallen into because me and you only had sex with each other. Mm-hmm. We kind of played with other people scene-wise. So we still considered ourselves pretty much monogamous at the time. We didn't see ourselves as non-monogamous or poly when we were BDSM playing with others. Mm-hmm. So not really. And then we moved on to other things <laughs> that did get defined differently. So, And then we have friends that um, they're allowed to play with other people as long as there's no penetration. And to them, that's still monogamy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we have others that... Gosh, I'm just trying to think of all the different versions well, of you know, other monogamy. Ones, other ones that come to mind, as long as there's no emotional attachment. Right. You can stick your thing in any hole you want as long <laughs> as you don't build a heart relationship. Right. And I, we had one friend early on in our explorations where I could spank her. Mm-hmm. I could diddle or doodle. <laughs> I could play with her titties. Right. I could do all kinds of stuff with her, but their rule was no kissing, no mouth kissing. I remember that. So, and that was how they said, this is how we maintain our monogamous standing. Right. Other people are going to hear that and say, that's that's the point you dingle or doodle, that's no longer (laughs) monogamous. (laughs) Dingle my doodle. (laughs) That's going to get me laid. That's how I'm going to ask for it later. (laughs) Can you dingle my doodle? (laughs) We're joined today in studio by John and Beth. And as I was mentioning, as... uh, we got started tonight that we had a listener comment, and, and we love listener comments. So it was actually a voicemail. A voicemail. <laughs> so we're easily to devote a show to it. Mm-hmm. And once I started doing some research, I realized that it's a significant issue for a lot of people. And what we're talking about is being monogamous in a kink world. Now, Don and I would like to believe that we have expertise in a variety of areas. I'm not too bad with flogging. And Dawn is skilled at laying on her back and being a slut. <laughs> screaming. A screaming slut, sure. <laughs> and a variety of other things that we can do as well. <laughs> being monogamous in the kinky world is not something we know a lot about. And so we very much uh, appreciated your offer to come on tonight and talk to us about that a little bit and give us some expertise and some insights into that. So first off, welcome, John. Welcome, Beth. Thank you. Thank you. What is it that, what is monogamy to start with? You know, the, I mean, I asked a lot of people that question to start with, and they're like, it means this to me, it means this, it means this, and they're coming up with different answers. So what's it mean for you guys? Go ahead. What's your definition of monogamy? He's my only partner, my only master. I don't bottom to anybody else. I don't play with anybody else. Um, I prefer it that way. Monogamy is that um, 
we do play. We are involved in the community. Um, we do a lot of things that are kinky. Um, and our kink usually leads to sex. And we keep it monogamous between the two of us. Um, we do, like I said, we are part of the community. So we go to the events. We've gone to the Halloween party and the camping and things like that. Uh, to several of the parties and, and I like to watch. I like to see what other people are doing. I like to go to the seminars and things um, and every once in a while we learn something that we take home and use between the two of us but mainly it is that uh, we are monogamous with each other and, and keep it that way. So just to um, reiterate, so Beth you don't play with anybody else and John you don't play with anybody else no. either? No. Okay, so just each other. Just each other. I thought yes. that's what I was hearing, just yeah. making sure. And that's one of the, the definition problems that I had is that some people said, oh, we have BDSM scenes with other people as long as it's non sexual. Mm -hmm. And other people said, well, sex is fine, we just don't develop emotional attachments with other people. And other people explained it the same way you did is that I have one partner, and that one partner fulfills all my needs. Right. And, and you know, we, we don't judge anybody, regardless of what they want to do or how they want to do it. One of the things with being in the community is the majority of the community is accepting, regardless of what you do. Um, they are accepting, and um, for me, it's sort of like there are guys out there that go to strip clubs, okay? I won't go to a strip club. Now, I have gone to strip clubs. I've been in strip clubs with my brother-in-law and some others in, for parties or things like that. But I don't want to go there and watch them do anything because if I'm doing something, I want it to lead farther down the road. And you just can't do that. I mean, I mean, it doesn't happen. It's not supposed to happen in strip clubs. Uh, so I don't go to them. They don't fascinate me. I don't participate in them. Um, like I said, when we go to parties, like we were, we were recently at a party uh, where they did cupping. And I'd seen a lot of fire play. I've used a little bit of fire play, but I had never seen it done with the cups. And that fascinated me. And that is something that we are um, looking forward to trying on our own. Now, would that be, and um, I don't want it to, to sound like I'm trying to poke holes just trying to understand but would that be an exception if I was very skilled at cupping and you were not skilled at it at all and your partner wanted to try cupping you know from an educational perspective have you ever done anything like that I mean some of the stuff that we do is pretty intense and it would be pretty difficult to to not have a it would be easier to learn perhaps if you had a skilled partner we haven't come across that yet, and, and we've discussed that. Um, there are people um, that we know that are in the community, one in particular that uh, plays with electricity. And he does it at the Outlands. And if, he, if she wanted to have him play with electricity on her, uh, I've, I've observed him, I know what he's doing. If that was what she wanted to do, I would probably be okay with that. Well, I'm not going to say probably be okay. I would be okay with that. 
but to have outside people um, that want to play just just because she says I'm a slave doesn't mean she's everybody's slave. Mm -hmm. And and we've had individuals who contacted her and said, you know, contacted her own fat life and said, uh, I'm here, I want to talk to you. The conversation progressed to the point where she told the individual, look, I'm, I'm not feeling comfortable where this is going. Would you please contact my master? The individual didn't do it, continued to contact her after she warned him two or three times. Then I got on the computer and said, look, you know, I don't think you're appropriate. You're crossing boundaries. Please don't have any contact unless you bring it through me. And then I got called all kinds of names. Um, and, and you run into people like that, that, that cross those boundaries. But if, if we were in a situation, in a public situation, um, where that individual wanted to do electricity at Outland and she wanted to do it, I would allow her to do that. Um, when we were camping in West Virginia last year, um, or last spring, um, we didn't play with anybody, but there was an occasion where she was took her top off and we marched down the hill and we played a little bit and then went back up the hill. Um, it's not that we have any fear of uh, playing in public. Um, I have no hang-ups uh, as far as being dressed or undressed. Uh, put a little tequila in me, I'm going to be undressed. That's <laughs> just the way it is. Um, but it, it's you get a lot of people who judge us because we are monogamous. They'll, they'll look at us and say, we well, are odd or you don't belong here because if you're monogamous, um, you're not kinky. And I'm sorry. There's no definition of kink or BDSM um, or play that says you have to play outside of your own household. There is nowhere in any guideline that says this is what you have to do in order to be kinky. And, and I was going to ask you about that. That Do you run into a lot of judgment? Because I would think in the kink communities, at least the ones that we've been involved in, that... Although people wouldn't necessarily say monogamous or polyamorous per se, they would say that here, put on your blue wristband, put on your red wristband, and play with other people is the norm. So it sounds like you do run into some people that say that you're abnormal, you don't quite get it, you're not kinky enough, something like that? We have ran into those people. Um, but again, part of being in this lifestyle is that many, many people are accepting of whatever your kink is or whatever your diversion is. And, and to them, I say, you know, you, you say, okay, if you're not playing with other people, you're not kinky. Um, what about a person who does um, self-suspension? Is that a kink? I think so. <laughs> if, 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 right. You know, there was a fad that went by here a few years ago where people were hanging themselves and masturbating. Is that a kink? To me, it is. It's sexual, so yeah. And there are many people who say no, unless you're playing with five other people, it's not. You're not kinky, and you're not in the lifestyle. And because of the situation that we're in, we are, of course, we have a paycheck coming in every month. Neither of us has to work. We do a lot of traveling, so we live more of the lifestyles, master and slave 
than the majority of the population out there. Right. And that's what I was going to ask is, um, I know when me and Dan got started, we were master and slave. And some of the stuff that you're describing, you know, people had to go through Dan to talk to me. And, you know, and he was kind of possessive of me. And, you know, if anybody got to talk to me and things like that. And, you know, our path went a little bit different. So, you know, we didn't stay on that path. But um, do you think it's because of your MS relationship that you are monogamous? Or do you think it, you would be monogamous even if you weren't MS? Um, Is that? I think it would be monogamous either way. Um, well, <laughs> see, we have to go back into my history. Um, is I started in the lifestyle back in the 70s. Um, I was in California and lived in a commune for a little while. Um, and I've been in poly groups, I've played outside of that. Um, things are not what they used to be. Uh, you know, there are a lot of diseases, a lot of things going on these days. Uh, there are a lot of nuts that are on line. You know, you never know who you're, you're talking to. The internet is a great thing. It allows us to communicate. It is taken away from neighbors knowing each other and now you communicate with a screen and you're talking to someone and you don't know who you're talking to you can be anything you want to be over the internet and because we're monogamous is not our, our master-slave relationship has nothing to do with us being monogamous um, having Having been in a poly relationship, uh, my experience over the years is that poly relationships work as long as everybody's getting along. But the majority of the people that are playing are doing just that. They're playing. They're not living it. They don't live it 24-7. They are a group that will come together for parties and they're poly in the party, or they will, they will get together and they will have scenes that are all poly, but when they go home, they go different directions. So they're not living it 24-7. When the groups begin to be 24-7, then in my experience, you see people whose feelings get hurt, um, they feel left out, um, they feel slighted, and then there tends to be drama that causes breakups and causes problems. The great thing about the two of us being together, and we are together almost 24-7, um, and now she goes and does arts and crafts and, and other things, um, and I go my way and do fishing and things like that every once in a while, you know, we, we, we're not every minute of every day we're not together, but most days we are together, especially when we're traveling and things like that. Um, uh, but the great thing about that is we don't have any drama. There is no drama between us. We're not, I'm not worried about, okay, when she walks out the door and she goes into town, you know, I'm not worried about her going to meet with someone else who, okay, maybe she's taking precautions. Um, 
but who knows what the other person was doing. You know, with, with the, the social diseases that are out there, um, you know, you can put on a condom, but the condom is not a guarantee. It's not a hundred percent guarantee that you're not going to come home with something. Um, I, I know um, through my experience of people who, when you see them on a regular day, they are, you're thinking, okay, she's a pretty girl. She's very nice, very outgoing. Everybody likes her. And then I've seen her when she's stressed and her whole mouth is broken out with herpes. And she doesn't tell people um, what her situation is. And I know several people whose lives have been ruined by that. And that's something that we don't deal with. We don't deal with guilt. We don't deal with the frustration. We don't deal with the worry. Um, and it's, it's just the security that we find between the two of us. And it's things that we've talked about because, like I said, um, if we went to a party and I wanted to play, she would play. But it would be between us. And like I said, most of the time when we go, we're looking to learn something new or just the social event, which is we enjoy being around like-minded people um, so that we don't, uh, you don't become stagnant. With us being retired and not working, we don't have the same social aspect as you would going to work every day. The people we see are right here. <laughs> I'll train, so. by the way. <laughs> you know, if you miss that social aspect. Well, and, and, and a lot of people can't retire. You know, I'm, I'm 52 and retired. And a lot of people can't do that. Um, so. What are, you, are there resources that support? I mean, there's tons of polyamory resources out there. But is there resources that support monogamous kinky couples? There are. Um, Beth is actually a member of um, uh, a couple of groups. What, what, what groups are you involved in? Um, the ones on Fet Life. Uh, Monogamy is not a type of wood. Is one of the groups. Um, Monogamy is not a type of wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really bad. I've been lurking there lately. The title yeah. um, And there are other others on there and others out there. I haven't done a lot of research on them, but. But she's also involved in a Christian group. Yeah. Where most of the, the members are monogamous. One's through Yahoo and the other one is through FetLife. And they're really good people. Very cool, very cool. And, and to be honest with you, in the years that... Uh, we've only been together two years. And, and that's why we went on a cruise in November because I said, well, this is your, your anniversary or two years together. So pack your bags, we're leaving. Um, but in the years prior to that, I've always been um, in some type of relationship that was uh, involving kink, uh, involving bondage and domination, submission, you know, the whole, whole gambit. Um, but I never was active in the community. It wasn't until she came along and said, I'd like to be in the community. And I said, well, my experience with the community is the people there... And not all of them, but there are people there who are going to judge us because we're not going to play with them. Mm -hmm. And that definitely, there, there are definitely members in the local community now that 
for, for a group of people who claim to be accepting and uh, respectful, there are a few that have just been extremely rude about it. Oh, sure. Uh, to sure. the point where I'll be talking with someone and they'll say, what are you, do you play? And I say no. And turn around in the middle of a conversation and walk away. So, yes, that does happen. We do run into that. But, um, you know, it's, it's what works for us. Yeah. You know, we don't judge what anybody else does. Um, if you've got ten members of your household and you're involved in, and and you do whatever you do at any of the uh, the parties, that's your business. If that's what makes you happy, guess what? I'm happy for you. And uh, but the, this is what works for us as being monogamous. Very cool. Very cool. And I got this thing on pause for a second. So, do you have anything else on your list that you want to make sure we hit before we wrap this thing? No, I'm. I I wrote down some of the stuff that you um, uh, you asked us if monogamy, uh, monogamy was defined by sex, emotion, and play, and, and yep. basically it's it's all of the above. Yeah. I mean, that's you know what what questions do you have? I need to finish walking around. Now I need an exit question. Now you got one more. No, I did my good one. <laughs> um, maybe. And you're on pause right now, so. Okay, you have one? good, good. So, because. No, stay on pause. I don't know if it's a good one because the only thing that popped into my head was do they do they plan on staying monogamous? Which seems pretty self explanatory. Yeah, pretty self explanatory. Yeah, if you like suddenly yeah, said, no, not really, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you know? See that so, well, because, like, for us, we started out monogamous. Right. Knowing that we would probably incorporate poly or, you know, at least playing with others in at some point. See, that so, went the other way. <laughs> right. So, you know, so to me, that's a valid question, you know, but. I don't know that it's one that's needed for this. No, no, I think it'd be great after a tow with this. I'd like to talk some more just from a personal perspective. Right. Um, so I would like one more nice exity question. Because I understand what they get from it. Yes, yeah, so it's a really complete interview already. I know. Um, good stuff. Trying to Maybe what, what do they recommend with people struggling with uh, being judged about being monogamous? Yeah. Put you on the spot with that one. So one more question, if you don't mind. Okay. When you're, when you're struggling, because you're the outsiders in the community, right? You're the strange ones. You're the, and not necessarily... Uh, maybe strange isn't the right word, but you're not the average within our community. <laughs> that just seems so funny that you're the strange ones in the kink community. Yeah. <laughs> you're monogamous. But, but it is. It's the yes. opposite. <laughs> right. Outside the kink community, right? You're not what most people are. Let's put it that way. Um, what do you recommend to other people that have decided that they're going to stick to the monogamous path? And when other people go, well, that's just because you're... You're shy, or you're too jealous, or you're not aware of how hot I am, you know, <laughs> or whatever reason that they want to suggest that monogamy is not the right path. What do you recommend to them to, to stay strong in what they've chosen? Do you have an answer for that? Do you want to? I'll let you go first. No, for one, they're not in our shoes. And I would much rather, if I had to choose, I would keep this over the community in a heartbeat. You know, I'd walk away from all that to keep this. And if it comes down to that, that's what would have to happen. 
And I, I think um, there are more monogamous people out there than what most people realize that are in the lifestyle. They don't come out of the woodwork because they are judged by the people um, as being abnormal. Uh, and I've heard that. You're shy. You're, there's something wrong with you. You need to be fixed. Um, and, and I was reading on your, your post on uh, FetLife where one person said, you know, they, they've heard that, well, they just haven't met the right person. Um, I believe that I have. And, and, and I'm going to ask you, I, I wrote down a couple of questions and, and we pretty much covered everything, but um, what happened with us when, when we got together is, is we met, um, we dated a few times, we worked out some issues, and then for the last two years we've been living together. And I'm, I started in the poly group in the commune in California and have worked my way backwards towards being monogamous because of the change of times, because of the things that I've learned, and because of what I've seen in my life. But what happens as you get older, you know? A lot of people that are out there playing, that are in the game, they're going to run into a situation where their partner is with them only until something better comes along. You know, and th this is something that Beth and I have worked out, and I, it was a long discussion. We knew each other three, four years before we moved in together. Uh, we met the year that you retired. So it's, we're about five years then because we've been together too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as I get older, I look at the situation where there may come a time where, since I'm 20 years older than her, that I'm not going to be able to fulfill her needs and her desires. And at some point, she may, by the time she reaches her prime, I'm going to be in my 60s, late se or early 70s. And I would not stop her from, at that point, uh, participating in play to satisfy her own needs. And it's something that we discussed. And, you, and everybody has to communicate. Everybody has to work out what works best for them. And I told her, you know, as I get older and I'm not able, or something were to happen to either of us and we weren't able, our relationship is expected to continue on. Um, I, I honestly believe that she is my soulmate. We did, we did a astrological um, check of our signs and we're 98% uh, compatible. And she said, you're lying. 99.8% compatible. And she goes, you're lying. Myself. You're lying. And I send it back to her. And, and, but it's, it, but um, I love her to death. And, and I... I go, and because you are monogamous, it's like being on a diet, okay? You're monogamous, but you're playing at home. If you're on a diet, it doesn't mean you can't go to the restaurant and read the menu and think about there's food there that, yes, that might be tasty, but you don't necessarily eat it. You know, it, it, to me, it is what happens when I get older, I want somebody that was going to be there. And she said that she will take care of me regardless of what happens to me. And she does. And she's a very good slave. 
and I, she makes me proud. When when we were in the class and, and you asked her to say one of my most embarrassing moments to say something <laughs> no, nasty you. to say something nasty, she looked at me because she wouldn't say it, and you you said, well, okay, well then just say poop off, and now I tease her. You, you always look at me and tell me to poop off, but she goes, I would never. I know she would never, but she makes me very proud, and and I love her to death, and and I think that our our situation will continue on, um, and and we've had these discussions. And like I said, communication is the key. Regardless of what you choose to do in the community, she is a slave, but she's not everybody's slave. So if we go to a party and they don't understand, I'm sorry, that's their problem. I don't define myself, we don't define ourselves as couples by what everybody else thinks we should be doing or who we should be sleeping with. We are defined by what, by what we know and what we do. And we've had discussions. We, we were talking about the Bible. Okay? She's been into the lifestyle for quite a while, reading and, and learning. And I said, okay, do, when do, you know, do you know when slavery started? And she's talking about things. And I said, have you ever thought about the Bible? And she said, no. And I said, slavery was in the Bible. And that a woman should submit to a man is in the Bible. And, and so we have these discussions. And these discussions make us stronger. And it makes us what we are. And, and I'm very proud of her and very proud of what we have. And the community may not accept that, but uh, the majority of them, or some in the community, may not accept that. We may be strange. We may be different. But we are who we are. And, and I love it that way. Very cool. Very cool. Well, John, Beth, it has been a pleasure to sit here and talk with you guys, and thanks for mm -hmm. uh, sharing some knowledge with us. What's the name of the fat life group again? Monogamy is not a type of wood. Well, that's a great one to start with. <laughs> guys, it's been a real pleasure to sit here and talk to you. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now look at the time. I have got to call my girlfriend if you can get a hold of my slave. <laughs> have you changed the bed sheet since your boyfriend's been over? I, I really hate sleeping I know. <laughs>